She likes to disappear. She don't like to say where you put her. And she even giggles at night. I'm ready for her to disappear forever. <laughs> she scares the hell out of me. Please beware. End of listen. Trick or treat. I drink my drinks neat. Spank him if you talk a little. And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy Creepshow Shepherd. Yeah. I'm Mitchell Manley, Grim Apparition. But you're not a grim apparition. I'm kind of a grim apparition. No. Like, no. maybe... Okay, sometimes you can get this, like, look in your eye that's, yeah. like, maybe... Okay, I think of it as the Mitchell staring off into the distance, but sometimes it's squinty because you probably need some glasses, maybe. Definitely so. So, it might look, like, menacing because yeah. you have a beard. Right. But then, like, you smile and your eyes smile. Aww, like that's true. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, there's no hiding that you're, like, not Yeah, I'm just a jolly, a jolly fella, and it's, it's tough to hide that. Which, you do pull off, like, pretty metal all the time. Yeah, if I just carry a scowl on my face most of the time, I can try to fool people. But I just, that's not my natural state, so it's tough to keep that. I assume people, like, will, like, talk to you before you guys play and after yeah. you guys play. When you're playing, you're like, rawr, music. Yeah. And, like... They're like he's he's not Rory. Yeah, exactly. I, I like to I like to play both sides. Okay, keep you guessing. I always think of you as not Rory, but I guess you're Rory. <laughs> Just a tad. <laughs> All right, this week it's my favorite holiday. Yeah, mine yeah. too, actually. It's like uh, there's free candy. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely into that part. I, uh, you know, I went and got that art degree, mm-hmm. and the most guaranteed time of year for me to actually use that art degree. Is child costume season. Yeah, you need to help me find a costume. I, I can't decide on anything. Someone told me I should be bearded lady, which is pretty good, but at uh, this point, I don't know. I mean, it can happen. Amazingly, all you have to do is buy regular clothes. Right, exactly. But, like, maybe have to shave your legs. Yeah. And I think that there's a place, gl- gl- Glitter and Glam, Glam and Glitter, mm-hmm. next to Crosstown, they, they might have some shoes for you. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I've, I know what place you're talking about. Yeah, now. like yeah. I think you can get the appropriate size shoes. I got you. I think I'm you can do it, really. Now. Honestly, I think you could. That's my opinion. But, yeah, I love this season, and apparently every basic lady this season is into it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to embrace my basic pumpkin spice self. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And we're going to do spoopy songs or spooky. I don't know. I However st- you like to say it. Whatever's stole, cutesy for you. I stole spoopy from, uh, I think, like, the Mabim-Bam universe. Right, yeah, Spoopies. Spoopies. I love Spoopy. It's great. What'd you bring this week? I'm going to start us off with Zombie Surface to Air.
Zombie's a two-piece band out of Pittsburgh who plays this like spooky, dramatic synthy music. Uh, it's heavily influenced by like 70s and 80s horror movie scores. Uh, they got their name from the Italian release of George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Uh, it was released as Zombie, Z-O-M-B-I, uh, in Italy. Uh, and a band called Goblin did the score for it, and Zombie obviously takes huge influence from Goblin. Uh, both bands have a lot of weird unsettling time signatures and lots of gliding synthesizer sounds and spooky echoes and reverbs, really dramatic drums and percussion. Um, as a live band, both members of Zombie play multiple instruments simultaneously. Uh, they got one guy who's like playing guitars, bass, and synthesizers and theremins. And then the drummer is also just surrounded by synthesizers and weird electronics. And he'll sometimes like loop the melodic stuff and then play drums on top. Or sometimes he even plays drum stuff with one hand and then plays synths at the same time. It's just like insane. And their music's just so fun and spooky to listen to. Are they both ambidextrous? Yeah, I mean, they're pretty crazy. They I, do uh, a lot of stuff with just the two of them. I just feel now like kind of stressed out thinking about that Oh, yeah, it's, it's got to be intense for them, certainly. Yeah, like there's a lot of like, I mean, I guess maybe with practice it would be easy. But that's like a lot of... um. That's a lot of stuff going yeah, your on. Your brain's got to be divided in a very particular way. Yeah. Um. This opens and immediately makes me think of those like early '90s murder shows. Yeah, definitely. I'm totally here for it. Uh, it's very synth heavy. I can almost see the video quality that's going on. You know, like that made-for-TV video quality. Yeah. It's surprising because I'll go back and watch those commercials, and you're like, "Wow, how did we even see anything? <laughs> how did we even know that was a person?" Um. It's like this really slow evolution, and I'll give them credit for this, because if you're going to make an over three-minute song, do something with that, sure. uh, into what I can only imagine the different scenes of a horror film. It's like you get the hint of terror, and then you get the running, and then the ray of light, and then there's like the conclusion where half the people are dead, but most of them aren't. Like The ones yeah. you like are still alive, right? Except for the one that you like. We, you usually lose at least one that you like. Right, but you know, if what was the one where Paris Hilton got killed off pretty quickly? Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, is that... Uh, it was made by Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie? House oh, of a Thousand oh, Corpses. Oh, yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses. See? That's Never right. saw it, but I knew she kicked the bucket pretty early. I, heard yeah, I forgot her even being in that movie. Or existing as... Just imagine. Yeah, that too. Paris Hilton still exists in the world. Yeah, we try just, not to think about it. <laughs> well, I just put that in your headspace. Sorry. I brought 1st of October's 31st of October. <laughs> Yeah, I got all these different masks. You have a, a black cat? A black cat mask? Yeah, or maybe a Mike Myers. I haven't decided what I'm going to be this year. Oh, man. Because I've got a Mike Myers, but it's just my friend Mike. I wasn't able to get the right one. Oh, how about a Do you like Spider-Man? I got Arachnid Man. Five okay. bucks. You, you got the off-brand ones, huh? Going to the next house. Walking down the street. Bringing my Halloween costumes to my community. Ding dong. Hey, 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 how you doing? Hey, 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 hey. Hello. I got a fun selection of everything Halloween you need. I am intrigued. Awesome, because I got a bunch of costumes. Okay. Everything you could want. What do you want? I got I'd like to be a turtle. I don't have that. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man? <laughs> another spy. Oh, my God. I just sold my arachnid man. Completely okay. different. I've got a, Could I just be a, a banana? A bush? Oh, I'll be a banana. Oh, I got a bush. Here you go. All right. Oh, sweet. That'll be great. I love this song. It's kind of dumb. Very playful. It sets the scene for a door-to-door costume salesman that's, like, selling somewhat um, knockoff 
costumes. Yeah. There's arachnid man. Yeah, arachnid man, I think is my um, it's the it's just the spirit of homemade costumes like creeping into other people's houses and like maybe kind of punk like you know when there was like that punk band where they didn't really have the punk voice going on? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they are and I really like it. And sense. it's like if they might be giants only made really short songs with about half the effort or thought going into them. Kinda. Yeah. Um also this album just dropped on the 25th of October when the band's name is 1st of October. So I assume that there might have been a production issue going on. Yeah. Yeah, and um this this song actually came out on the YouTube's today. Wow. Yeah. So welcome. It's fresh. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> got trick or treat. I got, there you go. Because you want a costume? Yeah. <laughs> See, this definitely does have some of that, like, they might be giants mixed with, like, a Flight of the Concords feeling. Uh, it's really silly and funny, but we also get some brief glimpses of their musical chops. Uh, there's a little bit of guitar shredding, and then they go between, like, the slower, chuggy, talky parts uh, whenever the character's, like, walking between houses, and then they kick into high gear into, like, the fast, punky parts when he's, like, greeting the person and goes into his skeevy sales pitches. <laughs> Uh, they seem to be a pretty diverse and, and talented group of dudes. I, I dig the humor, so I'm really curious what their background is outside of this like Halloween concept band. You know, I definitely yeah. think that to be called October 1st and to be putting out an album that seems to be Halloween themed, <laughs> yeah, you would have got in earlier in the month so that people can listen to it leading into Halloween and be excited for Halloween. And you got learn six all the days. words. And, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's six days. And um, can you say that Chucky part again? The, Chucky. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like Chuggy Talky Parts. If I have a band. <laughs> Just call it Chuggy Talky Parts. That sounds so gross, actually. Chuggy Talky Parks. Um, yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know how I randomly came into this. Yeah. I, I had just woken up. And that's how I like you discover just, most yeah, of my you music. Just plug directly into YouTube and not even I didn't even find it on search YouTube. Search the ner neural yeah. networks. Yeah, I don't know. Magic, y'all. Magic. Um, your buddies, they're all very spooky. We had some that had been previously on this show, and I'm pretty sure I want to appreciate everyone who did not submit the monster mash. Much like every Halloween episode, right, yeah. I'm I'm so happy the monster mash wasn't on there, and I. I don't know. I, I, think, really... I think one person did finally submit Monster Mash down in there. Um, but it was a I'm cool not... cartoon with the groovy ghoulies. Yeah. So that, that made up for it. Okay. So I'm... at least you had a cool cartoon going on. Yeah. There. I'm not going to acknowledge you and shame you in public. You'll be fine. Sure. <laughs> Jacques brings Alice Cooper's Skeletons in the Closet. from Alice Cooper's unfairly maligned new wave error. 
I personally hate it when skeletons steal my jam jams. <laughs> yeah. That's like the worst thing ever. Um, I have the luxury of being mostly totally unfamiliar with most of Alice Cooper. And now I just assume half the stuff he makes is just this. Because, let's just face it, I've now listened to two Alice Cooper songs. Yeah. And one of them was previously, right. where I thought he was Alice in Chains. Yeah, and then, I can see you getting those mixed up. So, uh, it, it's easy, but um, it was it's like the synthy horror movie soundtrack thing that outside of like subject matter makes it spooky as heck. And here's here's the thing: I don't think this version of Alice Cooper should be maligned, as uh, Jacques said unfairly. And I'll fight anyone who doesn't like the Chris Gaines album if we're talking about vastly different musical style album releases. <laughs> um, I love how obvious it is that he's having some straight up fun. Yeah, definitely. And like Halloween is about fun. And I'm glad that traditionally spooky Alice Cooper got playful. Um, but he also may always be playful. Yeah, he always had sort of a sense of humor going on. But this is definitely kind of peak on the nose. Like I'm going to lean into. He's singing about skeletons stealing, stealing his pajamas. Yes, it's definitely a stark difference from like the hard rock Alice Cooper that we're used to. But I actually love this. It's much more subtle and subdued and moody than the rock and stuff. And like considering tracks like School's Out and No More Mr. Nice Guy, that stuff came out in the early 70s. Uh, I think Alice Cooper like already paid his rock star dues and was ready to explore some new angles of his persona and like, you know, find new ways to go about his sound. And I think that's pretty rad. Uh, this one came out in 1981, which puts him alongside some good company in the early years of New Wave and like experimenting with how electronics uh, could be incorporated into his music. Uh, one example is that, in the, you know, one example on this song is that the first two thirds of the song uses electronic drums and it like keeps the beat bumping, but the sounds are kind of subdued. And then after this like dramatic shift toward the end, the real drums come in and take things up a notch and end the song with some push. It's a really clever way to incorporate synthetic sounds into what he does. I think that's kind of cool. But what really is a drum? Right. What is a drum? Usually it, it needs to be something physical and percussive, but... You're still hitting advent, buttons with the synth. You know, you make a good point. Because pianos saying, are a percussion instrument. I, would, I thought they were a string instrument. Pianos are a percussion instrument because you're pressing the keys, and the keys make a hammer hit the string. And On that's a string. Right, but it's a it's hammer. A, it's in the. It's like in the. Heart so like a feeling. like a hammer dulcimer percussion instrument because you're hitting it. What about an auto harp? That's a good question. I think that's a string instrument because but you still you play still, it with you a. You still have to push down the things, and you're muffling. Hmm. Isn't that kind of like putting? I don't know. People put blankets in their bass right. drum, right? Yeah, definitely. I don't. Why? Uh, it dampens the sound. So without a blanket in there, it'll go. Doom. But you don't. But with it in there, it just goes. So, I have a question. Yes. If you have a blanket in there, wouldn't they just have something made and designed to be like a blanket that's already in the drum that doesn't look like a blankie? You want the... They they do make something that you can put in there that's like professionally made and is not as bulky as a blanket. But the idea is that you want something uh, versatile. You want to be able to take it out, put it back in, whatever you want to do and... and get a bunch of different sounds out of your drum. I do think most most <laughs> most kick drums probably should come with that extra little thing that you can put in there though. I think that because would be Because they don't want it to sound like a marching band. Right. But then they can't make that extra money by being like, "Oh, we sold you this drum that sounds like garbage and now you need to spend an extra 40 bucks on this blankie." On this yeah, synthetic <laughs> blankie. Okay. 
I just want to hug the poor bass drum. Somebody wants their true sounds. Right. Yeah. Um, Timothy C. brings Carl Douglas's Witchfinder General. There's like a chorus in the background. It's it's just cool. I would trick or treat at any house blasting this. There's True. this like guy burning witches, which happen to be mighty fine bitches. Let's just talk about that. That's an amazing rhyme. Just yeah. straight up in the very beginning. Witches and mighty fine bitches. Yes, I, I appreciate that. Um, you think he had to break out the rhyming dictionary for that one? Or you think I don't that one think he came, did. Natural. I think he found that one pretty easily. Um, he might be going with like the old Salem on these ladies because uh, they, it seems pretty indiscriminate. Yeah. If they're all pretty mighty fine bitches. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Usually if, when I come upon pretty fine bitches, burn them at the stake is usually first. So I'm not that cool, huh? No, you're not that cool. Dang. Yeah, so I, I was really excited to see that this song was by Carl Douglas, who was the guy who, who sang, Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd never like listened to any of his other stuff or really looked into him at all. So I was like really excited to learn that this song actually followed Kung Fu Fighting on the record, which was called Kung Fu <laughs> Fighting and Other Great Love Songs. And I just thought that was a hilarious and brilliant album title. It, like shows a real sense of humor, but also like I love that he follows through on track two with this much more serious and like legitimately complex sounding song, Witchfinder General. Uh, I saw there was a movie called Witch, Witchfinder General. Uh, that came out a few years before this song. So I think if Kung Fu Fighting was his homage to like classic Kung Fu movies, this this may have been his tribute to that movie, which seems like a little darker and a little bit more serious, which I think they reflect in the jam. So so if it's Kung Fu Fighting and other great love songs, yeah. I feel like this is actually his like album of love songs to like movies. Are the rest Man, of the movies? That's a good a good observation, Amy. Uh, for only knowing officially now two right, the yeah. songs on this album i wonder what the rest of them are yeah I, from the titles it didn't seem like any of the other ones were homages to movies but maybe i mean he starts strong with two really good ones yeah they're way to build way to build like your brand with yeah, those like two that. yeah um married oh lord mary d brings um i i don't know <laughs> i ivor ivor but that's a weird looking oh just imagine ivor with a weird o and then Trollabunden with another weirdo.
says, Spellbound. This sounds like the kind of witch party I want to be at. I definitely put this on here just to try to make you pronounce those weird characters <laughs> Is that in funny? a language that probably like 15 people speak. At least, maybe, yeah. I, I mean, there's got to be a whole country because at least they have a whole set of words. I don't know. Um, this is if Hocus Pocus had been a serious take on the whole taking souls of children to live forever. I feel like that would have been like the perfect ending song or title song, you know? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Yeah. So just imagine Hocus Pocus not being hilarious. Yeah, just being dark and... and Dark, yeah. Yeah, like, and definitely more focused on the woods part of it. Uh, So how someone can have such an insanely ethereal voice, but just go growl. Yeah, I don't even... It's like insane. There's this transition and contrast, y'all, that's just so stark. It's literally her and what looks like a traditional drum about to summon some dark spirits and demons, and she can totally come to any bonfire I throw if I were the person to throw a bonfire. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this, this song gave me goosebumps. Like, her range and vocal control is just insane. Uh, the title actually translates to Spellbound, and her voice has this, like, middle ground of being really beautiful and alluring, but simultaneously a bit haunting and sinister, so it makes that sort of siren song where she's, like, drawing you in and you're under her spell. But then when you're drawn in, I do not think good things are in store for you. I mean, she's going to eat your intestines. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I was especially impressed with that weird, scary, grunty growl that she does, and I think those little short bits go a long way to kind of emphasize the spooky darkness behind the beauty of her voice. I know if I was on some Viking longship and heard this voice calling to me from the sea, I'd probably be the first one jumping over the stern. I feel like you probably wouldn't even have to be on a Viking ship. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I just heard this walking down the street, I'm probably checking it out. Yeah, um, so stay tuned to see if Mitchell gets murdered on Halloween because yeah. somebody's blasting this song. Actually, now that we're releasing it, they know exactly how to like lure you in and right, trap yeah. you. I'm really scared for you, Mitchell. I think I got this. Okay, just just go with friends. Put some cotton I think in it'll yours. be worth it in the end to just get <laughs> murdered by that lady. She she seems really nice. It's the drumming skills. Yeah, I think yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. Ben brings MGMT's "I Love You Too, Death." Shipping crates might line the streets. Every stranger is a ghost. The cashier's won't deduct the pain. Loneliness sleeps on the couch. offering first of all i'm gonna admit that there's like that album that mgmt made fun of the listenability and like the snarkiness of like pop edm music like they made this really popular album which was really them like kind of making fun of like that that sound that's like really listenable 
So this is them at their most experimental, or just their regular experimental, and it's just fun to listen to. And the lyrics are pretty pared down, so have fun dice like you know dissecting that but i think that's mostly about death that good old buddy to good old life it builds on themes lyrically and instrumentally and sounds kind of like sneak the, like the sounds kind of like sneak in and just give it this like insane texture because they just sneak yeah there's literally like drive-by sounds right yeah and it i, I should listen to this whole album yeah, strangely enough, we just uh, we just featured Ben a couple weeks ago, also with another MGMT <laughs> song. But this is just like easily one of my favorites for the theme this week, so I had to include it. Uh, the music's really ambient and a bit disorienting, and the vocals are very ethereal and ghostly. Things kind of follow the cycle that like starts out really beautiful and heavenly, and then these little bits of dissonance and, and hints of minor keynotes start to sneak in, and you get more and more noise and like anxious percussion fa- uh, fading in and starting to overwhelm the mood of the song. And this whole thing just has a very animal collective vibe, which I'm not sure I've ever heard from MGMT, and I'm definitely miss you know I've definitely been missing out if they've got some some yeah. jams that are like that. I also mostly just listen to the <laughs> the catchy pop. It's MGMT so easy. For the most part. It's so easy to just fall into that. You're yeah, like, I mean, it's hey, really, really good. But I really like this song. Um, you know, the difference is Animal Collective is like harder to tell what the heck they're saying. Yeah, that's true. So I'm gonna say this is a little more accessible. Yeah, accessible because you can actually hear the lyrics, but I will admit I'm terrible at listening to lyrics, (laughs) so I'm always looking up on genius lyrics anyway. Robert S. brings us King Diamond's The Invisible Guest. It's a spooky metal song, (laughs) but it's a spooky metal song mentioning grandma multiple times. I don't know how much grandma shows up in like metal songs. This is metal, right? Yeah, this is definitely metal. Okay. So grandma's just like, grandma, just casually tossed in there like often. Yeah. Yeah. So it just makes me smile. And the the vocal stylings are just so great and kind of like very scary. I love a good ghost story. And this well is just. It's just a freaking joy. And grandma is like really metal. And the, he keeps going, go to sleep. But he's like whispering it. It's very spooky. It's very, very spooky. <laughs> yeah, it used to be very tough for me to take King Diamond seriously with that like ridiculous falsetto and singing about his grandma. But <laughs> the riffs and the aesthetic uh, eventually won me over. And I'm glad that I never gave up. 
There's lots of like killer guitar shredding in this one and King Diamond's high-flying vocals about Grandma are in full effect. Uh, but the actual story in the lyrics is pretty bitchin' actually. He uh, he overhears a bunch of voices in the next room, including his grandmother, and he like goes in and checks it out, and his grandmother's in a room talking to a bunch of invisible ghosts and just like chatting it up. And then his grandmother's like, oh yeah, our, our house is haunted, by the way, and, and you didn't see shit, so go back to sleep. <laughs> And then it just, like, begins this insane concept album about King Diamond and his haunted, mentally ill grandma. Pretty damn spooky. Wait, the whole album's about his grandma? I'm going to blow your mind right now. <laughs> Not only is that whole album about his grandma, but I think there's a second album that's a follow-up to this one, also about his, his spooky, mentally ill grandma. Oh, my God. I love it. I wonder, I wonder if there's any, like, true-to-life thing or if he's just like, I'm going to write this metal opera about go, about ghosts and grandmas. It's not just ghosts and grandmas is my new band name, by the way. <laughs> I, that my brain just exploded. I'm just gonna call this episode "Ghosts and Grandmas." Yes, please. That's just gonna be. It. I love that. I love it. Um, so sorry, I have to I have to wrap my brain back about around English. Um, Justin W brings dead man's bones in the room where you sleep. told a mutual friend that this sounded like music I would listen to. Well, it is. I have no idea when I said that. <laughs> no idea at all. But it sounds really accurate. I used to listen to Justin, like, you know, host those open mic nights at the tavern, and he uh, to... Uh-oh. We have a spooky black cat. In we do. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> this, it ups the an- the ambiance of our, our, of I our record. I don't know how long she's been in here. It's scary. Um, so he used to host the open mic nights, and the way he would get people to do stuff is like sing. I don't know if he wrote the songs or not, but he would always do like really cool songs, kind of like this. And so, it I am um, I'm not surprised I said this. Uh, it, repeating piano melodies are a way into my heart, and like this deep voice telling a creepy story whispered half the time. Uh, anytime there's a chorus of children, I assume they are all orphans. Yes. Yes, and obviously, ghosts killed all these children's parents. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like that's just that's how all orphan choruses start. That's just how <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> Ghost grandmas and orphan choruses. Yeah. Um, also, it just took entirely too long for me to realize who this singer was. Who is it? Is it someone I should know? Yes. Yeah, I have no idea who it would be. Okay, so you blew my mind. This is Ryan Gosling. Oh, really? Yes. Holy crap. Yeah, isn't that nuts? Yeah, that is nuts. I, like His voice is awesome. I know. I had no idea. 
So this is Ryan Gosling. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He, he's got a very soulful voice. It works very well for the spooky vibe. Uh, and the fact that this is like a live recording adds that sound of like a really old vinyl record. I can almost envision this record just like randomly turning on and playing all by itself <laughs> in some haunted house. And yeah, I know kids are supposed to be cute and stuff, but of course the children just inherently horrifying <laughs> to me and it makes it extra creepy sounding. Uh, those kids could probably be singing Jesus Loves the Little Children, but if you put that haunting piano underneath it, just like instantly becomes terrifying, I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah, I really love the song, though. It has like a lot of style and character, a little bit of like nostalgia and a classic feel, kind of reminiscent of like old horror movies or even like Halloween episodes of cartoons. Super into it. Can't believe that's Ryan Gosling. I know, it's nice. like, I started reading the YouTube comments and like the side scroll said, and this is like Dead Man's, Bo- uh, Dead Man's Bones featuring Ryan Gosling. And I was like, oh, he sang on one of their songs. And then I realized, oh no, he, oh, it he, is. It's, he's half the band. Oh wow. So, nuts. So that's just craziness. That's, that's really what it is. So yeah. We didn't get my, we didn't get any feedback uh, I, I know of at all. No, but I, I, Kayla did send us that hilarious meme <laughs> about the the car car warranties thing with skeletons crawling crawling up a castle. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I love spooky season. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite too. I it's love so the good. the weather and the, and just the the chill vibes. The weather today was perfect. Yeah, it's like rainy and not too cold, and acceptable. I yeah, accept it. I yeah. was into it. Yeah, so. If you want to tweet at us, especially spooky memes and gifs or gifs, where do we reach you at? I'm at Pow I Gotcha. <laughs> I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at E&D Pod. Facebook, Earbuds and Earworms podcast group. Kayla's got the spooky vibes. Also, she, um, I think, recently colored a phonograph. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did that. That's I, awesome. I was like, I, I think I'd just woken up. I was like, ooh, phonograph. <laughs> <laughs> I was amazed. Um, the voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837. You can email the show, endpod at gmail.com. And the show is endpod.com on the internets, part of the 10710 network, which is getting larger. Yay. Yay. What's our final song? All right. I'm going to leave us with School of Seven Bells. I am under no disguise. Uh, I know I've brought at least one School of Seven Bells song before. Uh, in fact, I think it was on my very first episode with you. So Really? Uh, yeah. Was it before? Like This was like right before I was like, hey, Mitchell. Right, yeah. This was the wanted- one where I was a guest as <laughs> opposed to the co-host. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah, School of Seven Bells. It was like two twin sisters who did the singing and played some guitar and piano. And they were backed by this guy, Benjamin Curtis, who did most of the programming and synths and the main guitars. Uh, the sisters, Claudia and Alejandra, have like really interesting style, lots of tight, beautiful harmonies, but also lots of interesting rhythmic choices and like strange off-kilter vocal delivery. And they could turn from gorgeous into like eerie and unearthly very easily. Uh, this song's probably one of my, one of their strangest and like most spooky and has some of my favorite examples of their weirdo spooky vocal style. So put this on all your Halloween playlists and let School of Seven Bells haunt you with I'm Under No Disguise.
brew, and I'm a bat. You hag! There are not enough children in the world to make thee young and beautiful. Uh-oh. Sisters, did you hear what he called you? Whatever shall we do with him? Let's barbecue and fillet. Hang him on a hook and let me play with him. No! 